0: Uh, go ahead with the logic. Okay, mark logic one and two, Houston, we are set, we have a cryo press light. Roger, copy, cryo press light. Follow 11, this is uh, Houston. Minus ten nine eight we have a go for main engine start. We have main engine start four three two one zero, zero Hello and welcome to Space Gen, the show where you find out all the latest from the space industry. You can catch our episodes on X-ray FM every Wednesday at eight AM or on SoundCloud by searching Space Gen. I'm your host, Daniel Trainer, and let's get into the news. Okay, it finally happened! The 28th of September SpaceX event has all concluded, it's all finished, and we're going to go through all the big updates that we saw from it. Now, we already knew that the Starship was changing design when we saw the fins instead of the fin legs, as I used to refer to them as flags. They completely changed the design of the starship. But not only that, they also changed the first stage, which is known as the Super Heavy. If you don't know, I'll explain. The Super Heavy is the bottom portion of the, as I'll refer to it, Starship launch system. One of the major things Elon stated during the whole event was that the best decision he's ever made was to switch from carbon fibre space age materials over to stainless steel. I think he mentioned for a portion of the carbon fibre strips, it was like a hundred and something thousand dollars, but for the stainless steel, the same amount, it was only 2,000. And on top of all of that, it's quicker to put together. I mean, it's a win win for everything. It was counterintuitive, but totally made sense. Now, here's an interesting note the stainless steel that they're using has a melting point of 1500 degrees, which is a lot higher than aluminum and a lot of other materials. As we saw in the Crew Dragon, they are actually going to be putting these ceramic heat tiles on the Starship, and it's only going to be on the one side. With that high degree melting point, that means the ceramic heat tiles don't need to be very thick that means the rocket's gonna be lighter overall. Now, initially when Elon was showing how this rocket lands, uh, he used his hand and he basically told the audience, he said, my hand's the starship. Now, this is how it lands and it, it was a little bit confusing what he was doing, uh, but right after that, a short physics animation showed it a bit clearer. So originally, you would think a skydiver, that's surfing through the, the atmosphere. You're gonna be kind of drifting just above the atmosphere and then you're maybe gonna flip and land. Well. That's true, yes, for a skydiver. But remember, Starship's going to be going at like Mach 10 or something. It's going to be going way, way faster than a a skydiver does. So it's going to really be creating as much drag as possible. So the best way to look at it is think of the fins as arms and legs. Now, when a skydiver wants to slow down, he extends them to create as much drag as possible. And how that's going to work for Starship is the fins are going to be folded backwards a bit like wings on a bird when it's going in to swoop for its prey they're going to be right the way back and when it hits a certain speed they're going to flap out and they're going to create as much drag as possible now the rocket's actually going to be going flat right against the atmosphere almost horizontal now getting on to those raptors we know that they're already fitted to the mark 1 starship what we didn't know is how much they're actually going to gyrate the engines lean inside and they actually control how the Starship lands. It's going to be quite the sight to see how this thing's going to flip itself. Elon, during the presentation, though, did say that they're probably going to use cold gas thrusters for the final variant. Now, let's get let's get back to that super heavy, because that's, that's the juicy part. The bottom portion is going to be one and a half times the height of the Starship, which is about 69 meters. It was cool at the event. They actually had the first SpaceX rocket, which is important because September 25th, That was 11 years since the first successful SpaceX launch rocket. So it was like seeing David and Goliath. You had the small Falcon rocket next to the big Goliath Starship, and that's not even the full Starship. Probably the coolest thing that Elon said is that this generation of rockets are designed for rapid reusability, not just normal reusability, where it's kind of, okay, we've recovered the rocket, we can launch again. What do I mean by rapid? Well, how does three flights a day sound for Starship? And 20 flights a day for the booster. Obviously, if you have humans in it, you've got to make sure that everything's back up to spec. The booster really only needs refueled. And we're going to get to the payload. This is even more crazy. The payload is going to be 100 tons of cargo to orbit. Now, Elon did say that that was a conservative figure and that it could possibly be even more. Now, Starship will need a tanker, uh, tanker Starship, to refill it in orbit. What's interesting about that is that the orbiter is also going to be reusable, and once it gets refilled, it can go to Mars, it can go to the Moon, it doesn't really matter. Starship itself is still going to have the goal of 100 people approximately, with 10 cubic meters each. That's quite a lot for a Starship. Again, we're talking about something that is carrying 100 People. And somebody asked uh, in the crowd, how would the air be recycled? They already know how to do it, apparently. Elon replied with, well, the air would be recycled. My favorite feature on the Starship is staying. The large communal view deck. It's this massive big portion at the front of the rocket, it's a big massive viewing gallery into space, is still going to stay there. I was worried it was going to get taken away, but it's such a nice piece of the rocket. Imagine, you're going to be in this rocket for three months, and especially if you're going to Mars, you've got that nice big beautiful window to see the nice red planet. Later in the presentation, we learned that there's going to be multiple starships between Boca Chica and the Florida Cape site. From the demo video, we even saw a launch pad facility with a crane-like structure hoisting up the starship onto the Super Heavy. And I'll note that was at Boca Chica, and that lines up with local news in Boca Chica where SpaceX was going around to local residents saying, hey, we'll offer you three times what your house is worth. Is that in preparation for a large starship launch system? I'll talk a little bit more about that crane structure, because it's a little different to previous Starship concepts that we saw. So this structure is basically how people will get onto Starship, and also how Starship gets reused. So the booster is obviously on the pad, and from what it looks like, instead of boarding from the big crane tower, it looks like we might actually be boarding onto the Starship and then be lifted in the Starship on top of the booster. And to be honest, that actually might make it more affordable to build something like the big crane-like structure. Because you're not worrying about elevators and all that jazz, you're literally just a big crane. So in the near future, and when I say that I mean literally in the next month or so, uh, Starship Mark 1 will fly about 20 kilometers up and it will come back down to test its new 6-leg landing gear system. Mark 2 Starship is currently being built over at the Cape Canaveral Florida SpaceX facility and it looks like it's using the new steel rings which were spotted last week as a new construction method. Because currently what they're using are these panels. And yes, of course, we're learning things with this prototype, but the rings would mean it would be less welds. And from the presentation, it sounded like Elon was even saying that they might just have one big roll for the entire fuselage, with only one weld line for the whole ship. Either way, the ring method is going to be way quicker to build, and as Elon said, his motto is, if it's long, it's wrong. If it's tight, it's right. And that seems to be their motto uh, when it comes to deadlines because they really are ramping up the pace. So as it goes for building speeds, this is the update. Rapid prototyping will mean that the Mark II should be constructed in the next two months. Mark 3 in the next three and Mark 4 in the next four. And it's really important to note that at one point, these are all going to be worked on at the same time. They're not going to be finishing one and then working on the next. It will actually be continuous. So Elon said after that, that either the Mark 3 Starship or the Mark V will be able to do the orbital. So we should see the full Starship orbital super heavy within the next six months. And crewed missions should take place from both the Boca Chica and the Cape. Once Mark IV is completed, The Super Heavy will be constructed. Again, there was lots of amazing things that happened, but probably the most incredible thing was a reporter's question asking, when would SpaceX launch a human into space? And Elon said within a year. Now that is on Starship. That is absolutely insane. We're talking about a ship that started from nothing and is now almost ready to take humans into space. And then another reporter rather negatively said, Well, what, you can't do that, you haven't even sent humans to the space station yet. And Elon's response was that the Crew Dragon will be doing that in a few months. And lastly, this, now this is getting memed out all over on the internet, Uh, a reporter from CNN asked, what do you think of Jim Burdenstein's comments over Twitter? And if you don't know, Jim Burdenstein just before the event made a comment about how SpaceX needs to keep on their deadlines because the Crew Dragon is well behind schedule. And Elon responded to the reporter with, what did he mean? SLS, and if you don't get the joke, SLS, it's not such a joke. Uh, SLS is NASA's space launch system, not to be confused with the Starship launch system, and it's had billions and billions of dollars put into it, and it hasn't been built yet, which is a big contrast to SpaceX with the Starship. And another note, somebody asked how much would Starship cost? Now, originally, he had said it was $5 billion, but now, with the cheaper materials, Elon said it might even cost around $2 billion. At uh, $2 $2 billion! That is a lot of money, but that's quite a lot less than some of the military aircraft programs. After the presentation, Elon answered some press questions, and he commented on a couple of things, and the first being the aerospike engine. Now, if you don't know what the aerospike engine is, it was actually going to be used by NASA on their next space shuttle. But Elon said that they would not use it on the Starship because the methane rockets, the full-flow ones that they have right now on their Starship, have a 96% efficiency, and you can't get that with the aerospike engines, or at least at the moment. Now, another cool point we learned, and we already kind of knew about this, the the Tesla battery packs that are actually being used to power all the electronics on the Starship. Believe it or not, there are actually four of them. They're all 100 kilowatt hour battery packs, and they're mounted inside, right at the top of the Starship. And you know those fins that are going to be moving and controlling the Starship when it comes down to land? Well, the motors powering those are from Tesla Model 3s. I know, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? So if you see one of those Tesla Model 3s on the road, the motor in them is right now in a starship. Hey, now, do you have an idea for a moon lander? Just asking for a friend. Well, I've got news for you. NASA is accepting proposals for the Artemis landers to fly astronauts to the moon. But there's only one catch. The deadline is November 1st. So you've got one month. If you have an idea for a moon lander, shoot NASA a message and they might employ you. So the next piece of news again comes from NASA, and it kind of confirms something we already knew. NASA has now just told Roscosmos that they won't need to use the Russian spacecraft to get astronauts up to the ISS. Instead, by the end of 2019, NASA's astronauts will be sent starting in a couple of months time. Now, you know, obviously Jim Burdenstein was quite alarmed. He was thinking that Starship was taking priority, but again, Elon assured, and he said this to a CNN reporter, that it would only take four months to begin taking astronauts up to the ISS. And that, in conjunction with Boeing's uh, CST-100 starliner, is gonna mean a lot of launches from the US of A. And lastly, we've got the InSight rover, which is currently on Mars, it's NASA's rover, Uh, and it actually beamed back a very interesting sound. Now, I'm gonna play this sound and try and listen to it, it's quite hard to hear. Hey, so that was kind of interesting. Well, actually that explains quite a lot about Mars. Uh, even although it's just a sound, it explains that Mars's crust is a mix of what Earth has and a bit of what the moon has so the cracks on earth's crust uh, seal over time with water as it fills in with new minerals and that enables sound waves to continue uninterrupted as they pass through old fractures and with drier crusts a bit like the moon uh, the fractured surfaces scatter the sounds for tens of minutes rather than a couple of seconds like on earth So with those sounds we just listened to, we know Mars has a cratered surface and is probably slightly more like a moon with those seismic waves ringing, whereas on Earth, we only get them for a couple of seconds. At the end of all his official remarks, Elon made a really interesting existential point. He reminded the audience that as far as we know, we're the only conscious form of life in our corner of the galaxy. He stated that while it took over 4.5 billion years for humans to appear on Earth, Scientists predict that we only have several hundred million years left before the sun becomes so hot that the oceans boil and the earth will be uninhabitable. So some of the things he said were, from an evolutionary standpoint, if it took an extra 10% longer for conscious life to evolve on earth, it wouldn't have evolved at all because it would have all been incinerated by the sun. It appears that consciousness is a very rare and precious thing and we should take whatever steps we can to preserve the light of consciousness. Only now, after 4.5 billion years, has that window been opened. That's a really long time to wait. And he said, I'm pretty optimistic by nature, but there's some chance that window won't be open for very long and I think we should become a multi-planet civilization while that window is still open. And I really do think that's the point he wanted to get across to people. The cosmos has produced consciousness just in time for us to find a way to outlive our home planet's expiration date. However, the question is, will we carry that precious flame of consciousness out into the cosmos? Again, this is all news we just had in the last week. This is how quick things are starting to move. And as I've said before, we really are heading into a new space age. So if you like hearing about the news, make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 8am on X-Ray FM or on SoundCloud by searching Space Gen. I'm your host, Daniel Trainer, and I'll see you next time.